What's going on guys? Your girl Samantha Ben is here and today we are going to be getting into the topic of relationships. But this particular episode is all about relationship lessons. So I think I'm going to title it Love Lessons because yes, I feel like it's important to discuss these things because listen, I've been paying attention to what the peoples are posting online every day when it comes to relationships and their expectations and their projections and, and their frustrations. And it's just a lot. Okay. It is a lot. Some days I just really be wondering, like, are you guys mentally well? Like what's going on? It's just like so much um, things like people are operating out of trauma because they have not allowed themselves to learn the lessons that was needed when it came to their relationships and their patterns and things like that. And instead of, you know, taking a time out to really go within to understand things from a higher perspective and not personalize everything, people are just like, um, becoming like really cold or bitter or resentful or just like having these extremes in their personalities because of the relationship experiences that they had and instead of letting it teach them something it's like it's it's like turning people into into uh something that they're not and it's just a continuous perpetuation of traumas and traumas and traumas and traumatizing each other so for me personally I've had so much uh, positive change in my relationship experiences because I've allowed myself to actually process things and learn and heal and understand what these uh, um, experiences were supposed to be teaching me so that I don't have to keep learning the same things over and over again. So <clears throat> most people you know, start their relationship experiences in their teenage years, you know, like uh, 15 or 16 or whatever have you. And like, I don't know about anybody else. I am 30. So I had 15 years technically of experience. Although, you know, when you were teen, when you're a teenager, it's like little puppy love. That's a little play play. That's like the introduction to the real thing. But it still counts for something, you know. So I want to say 15 years of relationship experience. I'm going to be talking about all of that with you guys. Listen, I have a list, okay, of things I learned. My relationship experiences was ghetto as hell, okay? I am not afraid to say I've experienced some ghetto shit when it comes to love and when I tell you, when I look back, I just be like, so I have to give myself more grace because I really do be disgusted with myself sometimes when I sit back and think about like the people I've dated and what I've allowed in these relationships. And it's just like, ugh, like, you know, this feeling of disgust, but it's just like, you really have to take it for learning moments and forgive yourself for the ignorant, ignorant, sorry, and forgive yourself for what your your younger self didn't know and what what you needed at the time, what you needed to know, you know. So it's a whole process. You got to forgive. You got to forgive those people. You got to forgive yourself for your not uh, for being naive, you know, and stuff like that. So here's my, I'm going to go through. It's probably about 20 things on this list that I learned. I'm going to try not to make them too, too long, but we're going to get into all of them. And this is in no particular order, by the way. Actually, you know what? Before I start that, I did. I do remember I wanted to read out this quote real quick and then tie it into everything. So this is um, a quote from the Bible, Corinthians 1, um, 
13. So this is just talking about what the biblical meaning of love says, which is love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects. It always trusts. Love hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. So I wanted to read that because like one day when I was um, really just in my head to myself, you know, just thinking about things and experiences and you know, um, what I had to endure and all these things. I, um, I came across that quote and I was like, you know, it's so interesting because in my, um, relationships, but especially like my longest one, all of the things that are in here was all of the things that were missing in that relationship. So it was like, you know, when you're, when you're with someone, especially, um, and, and you, when you're operating from your lower self and you don't really see the light until you get out that situation and look back. So when I was looking back, I'm like, damn, like I really did not know love. And I thought I was so in love with this person. And it's just like, there really was no genuine love there. It's just like, it was so crazy to me. And then like, when I was thinking about the amount of time I spent in that relationship as well, it was just like, wow. Little did I know. But anyway, so here's my um my list. So the first thing I have here is the signs you ignore in the beginning become bigger issues over time. Red flags do not go away if you choose to ignore them. Listen, we all do this. Uh, men do it. Women do it. But I find like this is more this is even more so a women's issue. Like women do this the most. I, I in my personal opinion have a have this thing where like the signs is always there like you always see things that's not right but we tend to overlook it or we tend to like make light of it or to turn a blind eye to it or we think we can control people by like if I if you if I love this person enough or if I'm you know providing what I need to be providing or doing my well you know girlfriend duties enough like it'll cause this person to change and it will influence them to want to be better and it's like you cannot you can, there's nothing that you can do personally to make somebody be a better person or to change, you know, certain things about them when you see these red flags. And we really be setting ourselves up for disappointment because don't get me wrong, like there are some people, there are some people, men and women out here who are just really shitty people. Like their their character is trash. They're just not good people. And they know how to finesse. They know how to manipulate. They know how to get what they want. You know, they put the facade on and then, you know, later down the line, you see this person's true colors and they start to do things that's just like so fucked up towards you. And it's like, you know, I'm never going to take away the fact that there are some people that's just so like they're trash like, and they, they get over on good people. But at the end of the day, you do also have to take some accountability in the fact that you allow people into your space. You choose to ignore the um the red for the signs is always there. There are always going to be signs and red flags. It's just the fact that you chose to ignore them and continue to pursue with this person, especially if like. Like I said, you know, the, they become bigger red flags. And if you can, if you constantly find yourself forgiving that person or you, you're um, you're enabling certain behaviors and you're not doing anything about the situation, you're just going to you're frustrating yourself now. And it's like you have to hold accountability for the fact that, you know what? 
it's kind of my fault. I put myself in this position because when I seen the first red flag or when the, when this situation was playing out like the first three times that I should have like moved on or I should have like nipped it in the bud from then, I didn't. So <clears throat> that's one thing that I had to learn. Um, the next thing I have here is understanding your love your love language is so important. Um, why you have to understand why it's your love language. Um, you have to assess if your partner is loving you in that way. And then if they even have the capacity to do so. And this one is very important because we sometimes get so frustrated with people because we're not getting our, our needs met. And sometimes, you know, we have a tendency to love people the way that we think that they need to be loved or love people in our own, you know, love language. And you have to love people in the way that they need to be loved in their love. Like you cannot choose how you want to go about um, providing that love for somebody. Like you really have to know how to meet that person's needs because everybody's needs is different. Now, I read somewhere one time that your love language, the dominant one, because, you know, there's five of them. We all need all a little bit of all of it. Right. But everybody has like one or two that's more um, dominant than the others. And um, I read one time that your love language typically is based off of something that you lacked or you never received enough to, enough of as a child. And when I made that connection, it made so much sense. Like for me personally, like I need all them shits. Like I need all the love. Give me all of it. But personally, um, words of affirmation and um, acts of service, those are my biggest two. Now, why those two are my dominant love languages is because of the, relation, the relationship I have with my dad. I don't have a good relationship with my dad, and it's been that way for years. Like, honestly, in um, 2023, um, sorry, 2022, we actually stopped speaking, so I don't speak to my dad currently. But when I related it back to that, so in my 30 years of life, in all of my 30 years, not one time have I ever in my life heard my dad tell me or anybody for that matter that he loves them. I never heard my dad say those words out his mouth. I love you like ever. I never heard my dad like positively affirming like I'm proud of you or, you know, just bigging me up in, in any type of way. I never received any type of pra praise from my dad. My dad is a very cold person. He's very emotionally crippled. I really feel like he does not know love, not not to give it and not to receive it as well. My dad is very, very cold. Even like when he gives hugs to people, there's no warmth in the hug. Like you can't even feel the emotion in the hug is that deep. And it's really weird to me because like my grandmother, rest her soul, the sweetest, loving, most loving lady ever. So I don't know what happened in his personal childhood, probably from my grandfather, because he was more on the stern side, too. So I don't know what goes on because um, he he doesn't talk about anything. He's not ver he's not verbal. He is not vulnerable. He doesn't like to speak about things. So um, that would make sense why that's my love language. And um, as far as acts of service. I, anybody that knows me knows I have a problem with asking for help. Like I will not, I will rather struggle and struggle and struggle and try to figure it out on my own before I ask anybody to help me that. And that's one, that's one of my biggest, um, what's the word? I guess character flaws like it, it is a negative because like you know being independent is cool but we also need help everybody needs help and I don't know how I never knew how to ask for my needs to be met because of the disappointment like I first learned that I can't ask anybody for help from my dad like my dad who was supposed to be my provider my protector having that constant disappointment from him because as a kid like me and my dad 
we were so close like we were tight um when I, in my younger years so like from childbirth to I want to say like nine ten years old because the arrangement that my parents had was that my mom worked um the day shift and my dad worked during the night so it was always me and my dad during the day like I would roll like roll with him when he's going outside when he's taking trips to like my godfather's house we was always together but when once my parents split up I don't know if like spite from my mother uh caused him to like treat me some type of way so like he would stop doing things for me I would ask him for like little things and it would always be an excuse oh I gotta wait till so-and-so or he would say yeah I'm gonna do it and never do it like um when he when we stopped living together and I would call him for certain things like he would say oh yeah I'm gonna call you back and look he wouldn't he would see that mom I'm calling him but just wouldn't pick up the phone and I've seen him do that with other people as well like he's the type of person do not you can't ask him for nothing because he's not going to do it but let him need something though he know how to call you down and ring down your phone so this is where I learned that from like I I can't get my needs met from like the one person who's supposed to do that for me so um to kind of counteract having the feeling of disappointment and sadness from not getting what I need I just do it myself I don't ask and, I, and another thing too is like He's the type of person to hold things over your head as well. So this is all like subconscious things. Like when I got into an adult now, I don't know how to receive. I don't know how to ask for my needs be met. And this translated into my relationships because I've never been in a relationship where I was asking like my significant other for things. Like that's something that I just did not do. And I would attract a lot of um, I would attract situations where the guys had um, traits like my dad, like <clears throat> Like my dad is not romantic at all. So I went through a lot of relationship experience where romance was just like just not even existent unless I was the one initiating things where it turns out like I ended up stopped. I stopped doing that after a point because I will always be the one to like, you know, try to make like um those the romantic gestures. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not doing this no more. So it just, you know, wasn't that or like, um. I would attract people who are liars and manipulators and like to use people and con people. And, you know, these are all traits that my dad have. So you got to make like, you know, when you really sit back and make the connection, you will see like your relationships experiences are definitely a reflection of your parents or what you grew up seeing in your environment. And <laughs> that kind of ties into my next point. Um, what I had to learn was it's very important to understand your attachment style and where it stems from. So I'm not going to go too deep into that only because it's going to make the um, it's going to cause me to talk like way too long because I'm going to have to go in and talk like individually about what each one is but I do encourage people to google that like the what are the relationship attachment styles read up on it and identify which one you fall under um because there's secure attachment style is the one that we all should have which most people are not um secure in their relationships they do not have the secure attachment style there's also anxious preoccupied dismissive avoidant fearful avoidant and disorganized so you will have to just go and research but there's really important to understand your attachment style and where it stems from and most of the times it, it stems from um something within your um childhood where you see where how you've seen relationships growing up within your parents or people in your environment whatever have you so for me it's just so crazy because I literally 
all like all of my relationship experiences are, are so much um a reflection of my parents relationship like literally I had this conversation with my mom one time like mom like I really I, I really just don't understand why you had to give you had to pass on all your relationships to me because I literally dated everybody that my mom dated in the so wild like I'll give two examples so one person like my my sister's dad I've dated that person already like they literally had the same name they were both light-skinned they were both Aquariuses they were both abusive like they were damn near the same person and (laughs) I had a joke because um my ex he didn't know his dad and he his he told me his dad is half Trinidadian so at a point I'm like yo I wonder if you and my sister are related because like it's just too many similarities but later down the line like he he figured out whose dad was so it was not that type of situation but we like had the same experiences me and my mom um through those people and they were so similar same name and every like it was just crazy and then even with my mom's um ex-husband he was very similar to my daughter's dad. Like they were very similar in personality. They were both Aries. Like, and it's so funny because they definitely did not like each other, but <laughs> they didn't like each other because they were so similar in the way that they were narcissistic. They were selfish. They like to use everything was self gratifying. They were very transactional people. And me and my mom were very kind. We're very nurturing, giving people, but we never knew how to get our needs met. And like my relationship experiences were so similar because I. I was literally her in all of my relationships and the guys were similar and they also had similar traits to my dad as well my dad being somebody who was manipulative a liar a cheater um a con man you know that type of thing so it was wild crazy like you really got to sit down and make these connections because this once you bring these things to your awareness it's like it makes you more conscious in in your dating habits and your patterns and how to break these things you know Um, My next thing I have here is um, learning to love with a healthy sense of detachment is key to inner harmony and strong emotional intelligence. Okay, yes, because listen, too many of us are way too attached in these relationships. We're so we like we want to cling on to these people we want to you know like we say live in their skin we want to so desperately like merge with these people but you have to you have to realize that 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 clinginess that obsession and possessiveness is not healthy at all it's not healthy because let me tell you something at the end of the day you have to learn to um not be super attached because listen things end things change we don't we never really know how long we have with somebody because sometimes people come into our lives and it's just literally meant to be a season where we're just supposed to learn certain things from each other and then move on and go in separate directions and then when it's time for that to happen we have a problem because we're so attached so we we try so hard to hold on and the universe just keep on sending us um situations um that will cause us to either like fight with this person or cause some type of like dismantling where the the situation is like force trying to force us to move away from each other which was just trying to continue to hold on because we're so attached to that person or another thing is like people we all have expiration dates you know sometimes people are going to pass away and what happens when that when those um situations arise and we are so attached to those to the to the person it's like our whole life is so detrimental to us because 
our whole lives is just like completely shattered and I'm not saying that you know like we're not gonna we're not supposed to be sad in death but there's a difference like when you're super attached it's like you don't know how to breathe you don't know how to function you don't know how to eat you know because that person was literally like your battery so that's another reason why you need to have a um, strong sense of detachment and another thing is that we need to learn how to be um, love with a sense of detachment because as human beings we have our own issues and sometimes we say and do things um, and it's, it's not necessarily meant to be, um, personalized, but we personalize these things that people say and do, and we hold on to it. And we like really take it to heart when, when it's like, it's really not a us problem. It's like, you know, something that the other person is dealing with, but if you don't know how to detach from things, you're going to take it and hold on to it so tightly when it's not even supposed to be that, you know? So yeah, like learning how to be detached from things really creates a strong sense of emotional intelligence for for us. And that's what you want to be in a relationship. You want to be very emotionally intelligent. So the next thing I have is never allow yourself to be single in vain. Because listen, when we break up with people and we're single and we just doing us, the whole point is not to just be like single just because nobody's around, nobody's available or you don't see any um, options that's good for you to like just jump straight into. You really want to take your singleness and um, learn yourself, use that time to learn yourself on a deeper level, like get back in touch with the things that you like to do. Really allow yourself to process like what you just went through in your previous experience and what um what were you meant to learn or what did what did you you know what did you take away from the experience you know that type of thing but the whole idea is to really make make the most out of being single and don't just be single just because there's nobody there I hope that made sense the next one I have is a very strong relationship with God will bring you better quality relationship experiences And this is a big one because when I went through my spiritual awakening, my whole experience just changed in the most profound wave. So it's like not only did like I change personally, my relationships with people change. Like I just see things in a whole new way because God really will reveal everything to you. God will give you signs, confirmation, dreams, synchronicities, all these things surrounding your relationships and who's for you and who's not for you and what you want to avoid and what um what's to come. You know, so many things can be revealed, but you have to have that strong relationship with God. And if you do, you can actually manifest the person that you want that way, because a lot of here's, here's the reality. We just be picking up anybody sometimes. We just be doing anything out here. We be complaining about people being trash and having these ghetto ass experiences. But we be putting ourselves in these predicaments because we just be doing anything. And if you ask God to align you with your divine person, somebody like ask God to really um, align you with your soulmate. And do it in a way where you're having a conversation like, God, these are the qualities that I need. Whether you're speaking this out loud or you can actually write this down. This is a form of manifestation. Like what qualities do you want this person to have? And not just the superficial things either. The things that actually matter. Like is this person mature? Is this person respectful? Does this person, you know, value human life? How is this person's conflict resolution skills? 
are are they providers are they good parent like will they make a good parent like you know you have to really think about the things that matter and when you have these conversations with God I promise you God will deliver God listens to everything God will tell you who who's for you and who's not again so I really feel like um that is a important piece like because God is not going to keep bringing us these karmic ass experiences if that's not what we really want. If we allow ourselves to not only work on ourselves and learn the lesson, but ask for what we want as well. So that was a um, that's a key one right there. Um, the next one I have is your partners are a reflection of where you are at the time. So this is very true and a lot of people don't like to hear that sometimes because they go to like for example if their partner is like a cheater or a narcissist and they're not that way they're like well how is that how am I how is my partner a reflection of me because I'm not that way and it's not necessarily that just because this person is this way you're that way no but like you being with a person who was a narcissist and a cheater can be a reflection that you're out of touch with yourself or it can be a reflection that you don't value yourself the way you think you do because if you did you would have a better quality experience you would know to like nip this in the bud right away you wouldn't be so tolerable of this person's bad ways you wouldn't be giving this person chance after chance after chance when they continue continue to slap you in the face um figuratively or literally if that's a thing which I hope it's not but you, you see what I'm saying you tolerating that type of person is a reflection though of you of you being in your lower self because if you were at your higher self you would not be tolerable to this type of thing you would not give so many chances you would have been out the door but you continue to sit there and hope for the best and think that you could change this person and blah 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 so definitely like if you're not happy with the person that you're with you really have to like like Use that person as a mirror and reflect back to yourself what's going on with you and what's going on within because it's all related. Um, so let me see what I have. My next point. We are here. My next point. We are here to experience people, not own them and possess them. And this is going to be one that a lot of people don't like to hear because we really believe that we're supposed to like you're mine. Like I own you like no love is not that's not that's not a loving a, a genuinely loving relationship because love flows. Love allows things to just be it's not trying to claim or possess. And this is something because I've been very possessive in previous relationships and in my current one like this is the most care like now I don't, don't want to use the word carefree but this is the most free flowing that I've ever been in any connection in the sense that I really like don't get me wrong I am territorial still like that's not going to change especially me being a Scorpio rising like let's be clear but it's not in an unhealthy way like I don't try to control this person he doesn't try to control me we're not possessing each other we really be letting each other be like you know it's not a thing where I have to talk to you this 24 hours of the day I gotta talk to you for 23 and I'm only sleeping for an hour like no it's not that we give each other lots of space like I don't have to constantly be worrying like, oh what are you doing because we're not talking or I, don't, or I don't see you it's like once you have that trust built in you're a lot you are safe to allow your person to just be and do their own things and hang out with their friends without you know being so clingy and possessive and you know that type of thing like uh, my significant other has a female best friend when he would go to visit her um you know 
uh, when he when he flies out to where she lives, he stays over at, at her house, and there's trust there. So it's not like oh, um, I gotta know what you're doing. Like you gotta FaceTime me the whole time. You it's not that type of party because if you know your person, and if there's trust built in, and if you are secure within yourself, there's no need to be possessive. There's no need to be obsessive, and and clingy in that way. So that's something to understand. Like you really have to let people be, and. If you're not safe and letting that person be, knowing that, you know, the respect is still going to be maintained, the loyalty is still going to be maintained, then why are you there? You know, so um, let's see what else I have on this list of things. <laughs> you cannot change people, so don't even try. Like, and I feel like women love to do this a lot. I mean, men too, but people have this thing where they think because they're so amazing, like they have all these high qualities, like they're independent, they got their own money, they could cook, they're, you know, sex-wise is great, all these things. But it's like, you know, you think because you you, you have all these traits that you can use that as, an, as a way to like make somebody want to change because they're going to change for you. Like, no, it does not work that way. Like if a person has certain qualities, they just have those certain qualities. If they don't want to change those aspects to the, about themselves, then they're just not going to change it. There's nothing you can do to change that or change another person's mind. And why would you want to do that anyway? It's like either accept the person as how they are or, you know, move forward and find somebody that's more aligned with what you have going on in your 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 morals and values and things like that. But trying to change somebody, it just doesn't make sense. It's not worth it to even try. And why would you want to do it anyway? You know? All right, this one is interesting too. Okay, so I have, this is something that I learned. You can learn a lot about a person through their past relationships. Don't be afraid to ask questions about their past. And for the ladies, other women are not your enemy. So don't ever undermine the ex or the baby mama. Don't ever undermine their experiences. Don't assume that that can never be you. Like you really want to learn, take these, um, you take the experiences from their past or if there's like an ex that's still you know like around or that they talk about or if there's like a baby mother you want to learn this take that as a learning opportunity a lot of times we be so in our ego where we have this thing where I don't give a I don't give a fuck what happened before me like that's none of my business or oh that girl oh she I, I, don't, I don't know what, what's, what's you know good with her but that can never be me like I can never be on that type of time or I can never be in that situation where he's doing or doing all of this to her like these things are really learning opportunities like you really want to and I'm not saying that like an ex or anything like that has to um influence the way you relate to this person or like have some type of deciding factor and how you're going to move with them but you want to use it as information to see like what their patterns are like what type of women are they attracted to why are these experiences playing out is there something that your partner does to um provoke certain um emotions out of out of these women because sometimes you know women just be flat out crazy like you know they have their own issues and mental things going on that have nothing to do with anything but themselves but then there's other times as well where that person like you're you're whoever you're dating or talking to at the time really is the problem and the common denominator so you want to like you know take it and 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 just really process it and see you know 
what you get out of it because <clears throat> sometimes that's clues for you sometimes these are red flags sometimes these women are really not crazy sometimes it could be you but you're so in your ego and you think that you're so above and better like you never want to have that type of air because the tables can turn very quickly especially <clears throat> if this person your significant other or the person that you're you're you're, t- you're talking to or dating if they have a certain um pattern and this pattern keeps playing out with these women and keep playing out and keep playing out and keep playing don't think that you're above it like it can affect you as well it just hasn't affected you yet so that's definitely something you want to pay attention to because i've seen this happen so many times and in me personally like in my longest relationship um which was my previous one like I got to a point where I really understand these women now before like there was an ex in particular that I really could not stand this woman because she was so annoying like she knew the situation she knew he moved on like why are you still trying to do the most but now I understand because he's how calculated this person was how manipulative this person was how he likes to use people and he uses wordplay to finesse and do certain things like I understand his mind now that I'm out the situation so now I'm like I really when I was sitting back and reflecting on things I'm like yo I really understand this girl now and why she was acting the way like it's just so many things made sense and like even like there was an ex before that like she used to she did some wild shit and I just I was judging the hell out of her and then it came to a point where I just was like one day I understand why she did that now like not saying that it's right but I definitely understand her frustration dealing with this type of person and how disgusting and narcissistic and and, and manipulative and use it like he's, oh my god I could understand I understand the frustration of these women and when I was in my younger self I was 18 now going to that relationship like what the hell did I know at 18 at the time dating a 25 year old you know so it's like I understand and I say that again to say like you want to use that as uh, as as information to learn because you know you just you it, it, it can be um very valuable pieces of information so let's move on okay so the next thing I have here is an apology is changed behavior if this person has to keep on saying sorry 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 they ain't goddamn sorry like you know what I'm saying sorry is okay moving forward I'm going to do this differently so this thing is not affecting you again but if you're continuing to have the same issue over and over and over that person is not sorry that person is just benefiting off of your I don't want to say stupidity but uh what's a good word to use like they are benefiting off of your lack of confidence and your lack of self-value because they know that at the end of the day you just gonna you know you're gonna talk your talk you might you know punch them in the face or something like you know you might curse them out but then you're gonna take them right back so it's like what's the point of really changing my behavior if all I have to do is say sorry make it sound just a little bit convincing and then we go back to the same cycle again so if this apology is not coming with changed behavior then you need to make some changes yourself okay so the next thing um love isn't perfect but you should be committed to resolving conflict rather than amplifying a problem so you'd be able to see it through so meaning like 
yes you know no no relationship is perfect there's always going to be something to um to work through and please please take cheating out of the the equation because we're not even talking about that there's way other things to get through in a relationship which i'm going to get to in a second um a little bit later but Yes, when you have problems coming out in your relationship, you don't want to continue to focus on the problem because that's not doing anything. We already know there's a problem. So you want to be solution oriented. So this this goes back to talking about conflict resolution skills and how can we go about solving the problem in a healthy way. If there is something that we need to agree to disagree or find some common ground or make some type of compromise, let's go about doing that. But continuing to to point out the problem, oh, this is a problem, this is a problem, that's not doing doing anything so you want to focus on solutions um the next one oh this is a big one too there is a fine line between knowing when to hold on and when to let go and this is a problem that so many people have and i've seen two both sides of the argument before where i I would see people like oh the problem with this generation is that they don't know how to fight for anything they don't know how to hold on they always want to throw stuff stuff away and in our grandparents generation if something was broke they would try to fix it and then on the other end of the argument is like people we're we're in a space now where we're self-aware we know our value we know our worth we're not settling for all this and that you know so there there is a very fine line because there is um you know like i said again there's going to be challenges in relationships and you have to understand how to come about uh, a solution to these conflicts but at the same time you have to know when it's time to you know you know buckle up and fight and when it's time to just let it go and that's the thing and if you're stuck in a space where you don't know if you should hold on or you don't know if you should let it go I'm sorry guys I'm trying to talk with like I'm congested so if you hear me sound a little bit nasally that's why because I'm still a little under the weather but like I was saying like if you if you're stuck in that point where you're trying to figure out should I stay should I go this is the perfect time to pull out that pen and paper and do those little pros and cons lists because those things are very helpful because it helps you to see like it, it helps you to gain a measure. It helps you to like see on this invisible scale how much of um how many positive traits this relationship have and how versus how many negative ones. And when you come to a situation where the negative is way more dominant, then that's a telltale sign. Like you know maybe it's just not you know maybe it's it's time to. Um, go our separate ways maybe this is the part where our journey is coming to an end and we can peacefully resolve you know because a ending a breakup doesn't always have to be so damn dramatic and and detrimental like you can healthily walk away from each other and just come to a, a conclusion that you know for this part of our journey for where we are right now we're not good for each other and you know i appreciate your time i value the experience but it's time for the next thing you know it doesn't always have to be that deep but you gotta know you know the difference of when it's time to like let go and when it's time to like you know just buckle up and give it a chance and give it all it got you give it all you got you know so i hope that made sense um let me see the next one Okay, so this kind of ties into the, this kind of ties into what I just said. So, at no point should you remain loyal to someone who was committed to being disloyal to you. Because, baby, what is the reason? Why would you want to do that? If this person is showing you time and time again that they're not really for you, that they don't have your best interest, that they're not loyal, there's no allegiance there, they're disrespecting you. Like, what? Why? This person... 
I don't I just don't understand why why are we holding on to to garbage you need to throw these things in the trash you, we throw waste in the trash like that's what we do and we need to start doing it when people with these shitty ass characters are coming to like just dump all this garbage into our you know environment because it's a no so I want to um, also bring up this point about, you know, when when there's like rocky moments and situations, what is merited, you know, to like work through and what is not what is considered a relationship down like the down point where, okay, we got to work through this and what is not. So let's start about what is not, you know, a relationship down cheating. Absolutely. No, at no point listen we're grown we're grown adults if you know that you don't have self-discipline if you're lacking discipline if you are controlled by your genitals if you know you you are not cut out for monogamy then don't do it like what is the reason you nobody and that's the thing you got to be real honest with yourself and have these conversations and just say from the jump what it is you want if you want to be dating dating multiple people then say that from the jump but you be what be getting me upset is when people take away somebody's option by lying and being deceptive so when I say take away the option it's like give me the 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 option to choose if I want to subscribe to this garbage like to this madness like you want to be dating Tanya Tina Jane Ashley like all these people let me know or vice versa when it comes like if well, if you're a woman and you want to have you know all these side dudes or whatever let that be known from the jump we're grown like you don't have to lie and the fact that you're lying about it means that you know that this person is not going to subscribe to it so how you get them to subscribe to it you know um in a subtle way is just to front like you know this is what you want but why meanwhile you're doing what you're doing behind the back like that's not okay you're a grown-ass adult keep it real or just understand that that person is not for you like stop being ridiculous so cheating is a hard no just being disrespectful being abusive whether that's verbally mentally physically spiritually sexually whatever the case abuse is a hard no that's not something to th- if somebody is putting their hands on you they slap you around they choking you they hem you like why why that's something to thug it out like what are you teaching your kids now you feel what i'm saying would you want your children to end up in situations like that like, you got to think about these things like that is a hard no abuse is not normal at like in any form that's a hard no and the last thing is manipulation so gaslighting and being controlling and possessive that's a hard no. like you are a, you're a whole red flag like what are you doing like no so things that are relationship downs where these are the things that you have to work to fight through and to really you know get over these rough patches so financial constraints so sometimes money is not going to be looking too good and we're in a vain ass superficial ass generation where people um measure somebody's quality by how much money they have which is disgusting because you can have money and be a terrible person um you can be you can be you can have money and 
be a narcissist you're just a narcissist with money you can be you can have money and be abusive as hell you're an abuser with money like money is not enough so and then sometimes you know money is a cycle as well you get it you spend it you lose it you get it back like there's a cycle so sometimes there's going to be ups and downs but do you have the will to to thug it out and figure things out while you're currently experiencing these financial hardships health issues as well Health issues is something that, you know, definitely you have to work to to get through that tragic deaths, injuries, um, like rough patches, like where you're losing the spark or like, you know, you're, there's not enough time for like sexual activity and stuff like that. Um, baby blues. So like when you just had a baby, like postpartum depression or trying to still find and maintain your, indi- um, your, your individualism or trying to still maintain a connection with your partner while there's a baby involved, um, you know, or trying to find your independence. Like sometimes we get into these situations or these moments where we, we start to live in our significant other's shadow because maybe they are more um, advanced in their career and we have to like take the backseat. And then that can be a very draining experience as well. So these are things that um, are merited to work through. But all that other extra stuff, like that toxicity is a hard no. So you really got to assess. Um the next thing I have on this list is your happiness is your responsibility. Relationships are meant to complement you, not complete you. And that's something I really had to learn. Like, if you are not happy with where you are, I'm sorry, but you cannot expect your significant other to, you know, make you happy. Like, you cannot put that on somebody happiness is an inside job before anything you have to be happy within you have to be happy with what you're doing with how you're performing how you are how you're operating like if you're not if you're if you're not secure on your own emotionally mentally spiritually financially physically then what are you doing trying to come and merge with somebody else especially if that person's already happy and whole on their own it's like why are you going to give them the burden of placing like all this responsibility like you know you see you you understand what i'm trying to say is like this person is supposed to come in and compliment what you already have not try to fill up your whole entire cup like you have to do that for yourself and if you don't, you're going to continue to be unhappy and miserable and be a very, uh, what's the word? Like, you're not going to be a very inviting person to be around. Nobody's going to want to be around you like that if you're not happy by yourself, which a lot of people are not. And they try to get into these connections and, and make and make everything like on the person to, to take on these responsibilities when you got to be self-sufficient in that area, if that makes sense. Um Oh my God, I have here, do not interrupt someone else's karma. Oh my God, let me tell you something because baby, (laughs) my last situation, that is exactly what the hell I did. And in turn, I created so much goddamn karma for myself. I feel like I finally, you know, paid off that karmic debt, but it's just like a hard no never again okay like you just just don't do it when you see somebody going through some crazies especially in the beginning stages where you're now talking to somebody and you see all this person has going on please do not try to be a saver ain't no captain saver we're not doing that like do not because you don't know at the end of the day why that person is in that position you don't know what they did in the past 
or a past life even <laughs> to why they have to have this experience and while they're going through all of this hardship and all this crazy stuff you want to be out the way you don't want none of that coming onto you and bleeding onto you and you are taking in their karmic debt because you're trying to intervene this person's life lessons and now you're making life lessons that you didn't even need for yourself definitely don't ever do that I, it's a hard no Maybe one day I will go into detail about what that mean, like what that was for me, what it looked like, but not today. But yeah, just don't do it. And the last thing I think this is the last thing I have on my list. Let me see. Um, don't fall for the trap that all niggas ain't shit or all females is. Do not generalize. Don't ever do that because this is a problem with most people I see in society generalizing because they keep having these experiences because they keep attra attracting or they keep entertaining people who are trash. They automatically assume that's everybody. It's not everybody. That's just your experiences. That's you because there's a many, 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 many amazing people on this earth with amazing qualities that has so much love and life and happiness and enrichment to give. You're just not getting that. And you have to really get in touch with yourself and figuring out why you're not getting that and what you can do to change um your experiences around because it really do be a you problem like I understand like there there's a there's a lot of people in this world that are terrible and that's because they're operating out of trauma in which that they are either unaware of or they're aware of but they're too scared to like face those demons or they are aware and they just don't care to you see what I'm saying so there are a lot of people like that but you have to have that discernment to know to see it very 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 early on so you can go around it and avoid it you don't have to invite that in even if that is something that you're attracting because some people they're just going to attract everything especially if you're an attractive person you will attract all types of people from all walks of life but it's about what you're letting into your environment that's a you thing so you have to get in touch with yourself and understand why you keep inviting that experience in and how you can go about counteracting that so that you can reject it and repel it each time it comes your way that really um takes a lot of work inner work that takes accountability that takes you know facing yourself in the mirror that takes um lifestyle changes habit changes things that you have to actively do to break those cycles that you know it takes work which a lot of people have not been doing so please do not you know we need to come out of that like everybody is not everything like this billions of people in the world everybody all billions of people on this earth is not terrible there's a lot of good people you just got to get in tune and get in touch and figure out how to attract you one of those people and um the gag is some of y'all are just not that to begin with some of y'all are really terrible people and you're getting mad because you're attracting terrible people like you like that's a personal problem you got to figure it out you see what i'm saying and then you got to do the work to make those changes so yeah, that was all. Uh, I think that's everything on my very lengthy list of lessons that I had to learn in relationships. I would love to hear some of your experiences, though, and some of the things that you had to learn, because maybe like some of the, my some of my lessons um, could be different from other people. I really would love to hear um, what you guys have been, you know, reflecting on when it comes to your love life. So yeah, that is all I have for right now. 
I hope some of you were able to take away some gems from this. Um, I hope some of you will be inspired to really take a deeper look into your relationship and really get in tune and figure out, you know, how can we make things better, make better changes, attract better people so we can keep this positive, you know, flow of love, especially black love. I'm, oh, I love me some black love, like positive, genuine, high vibe you know black love I love to see it I am a sucker for it I am a um I don't want to say hopeful romantic because I was about to say um hopeless we're going to stop using that word I am a hopeful romantic and I love to see romance and I love to see people genuinely you know enjoying each other and being respectful and kind and loving in these situations and giving their children a chance to see these things and know that it's very possible and it's doable to cultivate healthy connections so Yes, definitely let me know what your some of your experiences are. I hope this was helpful to some and I will see you guys in the next one. Take care, y'all.